and welcome to uh, episode 41 of Our Small Holding Life, Warts and All, which is all about life here in rural West Oxfordshire. It's Thursday, uh, one o'clock, and um, you might remember from last week, um, today we've got the uh, internment of Sue's ashes. Um, I made up the uh, wreath this morning, which I think I probably told you, um, and or maybe I didn't, but um, I was so pleased with it. It just looks beautiful. It's so colourful. She would have absolutely loved it. Um, and... She was really the epitome of uh, a sustainable life way before it was um, even a word. You know, it was just that was just the way she lived her life. Um, Very quite basic. Um, Just, uh, I look back now and think what a sustainable life she had. It was amazing. Um, She obviously owned this place before we did, run it as a small holding and... uh, and then moved away, and then we bought it. But, um, yeah, so her ashes will go into the ground today. I've made the wreath. Um, I'm so pleased with it. Um, and one of the nicest things, I think, is the willow that I've woven all the wreath bases out of is from a um, tree that she would have planted here back in the 70s. So um, I think that's just a quite a fitting tribute, really. Um, it's uh, not a nice day, it's cloudy and a bit grey and sometimes it drizzles, I'm hoping the rain stays off for this afternoon Um, and it's one o'clock now and I have just stopped, I haven't finished the books but I have just stopped what I'm doing, I'm almost there, I've got just got one, uh, I've done all the income of John's uh, plumbing, I've just got to do the expenditure and then all the miscellaneous and then it's good to go but I thought I'd better stop now because I need a shower um, I want to get ready uh, before we go. I don't want to be rushing about. Um, John's gonna well, John's gonna come home in a minute. He's just <laughs> mistakenly he booked the car in for an MOT today, and I said, "Oh, what if it doesn't pass? We're not gonna have a car. We're gonna have to go in the van." Um, but uh, I can see that on my app, he's just paid the garage, so it must have gone through the MOT. Um, so he will be home shortly and uh, at the minute I've got the wreath soaking in the bath actually that reminds me I need to take it out and drain it before before we put it in the car otherwise it'll be water everywhere but um, yeah so uh, and I will endeavour to finish those books um, tomorrow and I'm done then for this year it'll go off to the accountant first thing Monday morning and that, and I can get on with the rest of my life I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Sue's life because it's um a story worth um worth talking talking about really and saying um but I never felt it wasn't my story obviously when she was alive and uh so but now I, she's not here anymore I, I feel I can probably share a little bit of it and what I'm being about a sustainable life and it wasn't always like that but um you'll find that out as I go along so um I believe her dad were uh was a businessman he owned a brick company um as far as I can recall, but, but her mum was definitely a country woman, and um, 
lived a, a small holder's life that's they had a small holding i guess somewhere and it's one of those things that you find, you think that really when someone's got snippets of an interesting story you really ought to dig a bit more and get them to tell a bit more but um you either never think about it think it's too rude or they don't think about telling it and and then then the story is gone someone's life is life story is gone forever but um I know she always used to say when she was younger, they always had to clean all the eggs and they kept uh, eggs in what they call glass water to keep them stored and her mum stored food that they'd grown and everything um, while she was growing up to, and they milked their own cow and everything. So she was used to that kind of life. Um, when she got into her late teens, however, she completely rebelled and uh, fascinatingly enough, she went to London and she joined the Playboy Club as a bunny. And um, I knew this because my dad had said uh, many years ago, but, uh, it, you know, it's just something he said, always used to be a Playboy bunny. And he, OK, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, and um, uh, it wasn't until after she died that her daughter found her um, Playboy Bunny membership card. Um, so she was, a, you know, a bona fide uh, Playboy Bunny. And um, she spent quite a lot of time in London um, during the 60s, which must have been amazing. She always absolutely um, adored, uh, like, the Rolling Stones and things. And I really, I wish I'd asked her. She never talked about it, never talked about it. And I wish I'd asked her the, who she met, you know, during that time, because it would have been fascinating stuff. She eventually became a, a bunny mother. So she looked after the new bunny girls. And again, after she died, we found, we we're searching for information on the internet and we found um uh, so a photograph of her from the sort of 1960s um, where it's it's got her name and she's a bunny mother uh, look, looking after the new intake of bunny girls. Um, so and then after that, she moved to uh, America uh, in one of the bunny, I don't know, Playboy bunny clubs there. And I can't remember exactly which one it was, which is where she met her first husband. Um but uh and then eventually she gave that life up and she came back and she went straight back into small holding life and um she bought a farm locally uh not this one previous um and she bought and she set about you know living the small holding life and when i say she had a sustainable life it's because they didn't eat anything that she didn't grow or rear or make um, they didn't have a television, they didn't have a radio, they didn't even have clocks. Um, I, well, I guess they must have had a, a watch or something somewhere because, you know, in the, in the days when you had an appointment somewhere, you'd have to know what sort of time it is. But there were no visible clocks. Um, and uh, everything, and from when I've known her, everything that she's ever had, she's either bought secondhand or it's really old. I mean, her car... You know, she had for years, 25, 30 years, more than that, maybe. Um, just so very, a very sustainable way of life uh, is what she lived. And uh, it wasn't really until I started looking back, looking at exactly how she lived. And I thought, yeah, you know, that is uh, that is a very sustainable life that you lived. Um, she was also a fantastic horsewoman. Loved riding, loved hunting, very much a country woman. And, um, yeah, so I thought it'd just be interesting to sort of 
sort of tell you a little bit about her and her life. And uh, when we bought this place from them, um, they moved then from here. Down, so the original farmhouse she bought, uh, she then moved to this one. Uh, part of this one, we have a part of it. She there was, and it would be it's insane, really. I think she bought um, the whole lot, which would entail about eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen acres plus a, a stone house, um, outbuildings and everything. And she bought that for around about £17,000. Incredible. Um, and then they moved to Wales uh, and sold us this place. And um, we then, uh, she, 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 with the full intention, she was going to carry on doing that. But she, unfortunately, she got very, very ill with rheumatoid arthritis and ended up in a wheelchair. So she sold the horses and they didn't grow any more vegetables and everything. But they still uh, lived a, a sustainable life, as was possible. Actually, I, that's not quite true because as um, she didn't grow anymore and she didn't do any more um, a small holding thing. But obviously my dad then, uh, once they had... Um, sort of developed uh the build the the farm basically they bought a run down um farm a welsh farm uh with a welsh longhouse um and and he did it all up um which is what sue used to do is how she sort of earned uh, a wage really she would as well as a small holding she would buy a run down property and then um, do it all up and sell it on and you know that sort of thing but obviously, once they were able to, my dad then got the vegetable garden up and running. So they did actually grow vegetables, but they didn't, they no longer reared meat or, you know, uh, made had a cow or anything like that. So it wasn't uh, not entirely uh, correct. Um, once she uh, realised she could no longer do that, she actually sent me, well, when I, we went over there, I, she gave me... Um, some books, uh, some self-sufficiency books, uh, once we had uh, bought this place off of her. Um, so she gave me the John Seymour um, self-sufficiency book, uh, which her mum had given to her uh, once she'd come back into the into that lifestyle. So um, so I have the book that her mum says, you know, one of the original uh, prints of, uh, not the original first one, but uh, one of the original um when it was first published uh so which is quite nice and she gave me that and uh you know I, we spent quite a while um following the book as you do when you when you go into small holding i think uh, if anybody's never um heard of that which i can't imagine if you're into self-sufficiency in small holding and you haven't um do look up john seymour because he's the sort of uh, the um the sort of the father of uh, of a modern day um, small holding and self sufficiency really uh, certainly as far as I could gather that you know that was the book that everybody went to so um, yeah so that that's just a little bit about Sue's life and uh, and uh, I just thought it was worth a share really because otherwise the story's lost and gone forever so and uh, yeah that that would be a terrible shame. Good morning. It is Saturday morning, quarter to nine. Um, I have no idea where I've got to on the blog because I'm having a problem with the uh, platform. Um, and I've been in touch 
so I do I use the anchor as a uh, um, anchor FM as a a blogging platform and I'm having problems saving um, my recordings to the episodes Uh, I've been able to save them and put them in the library but how uh, we'll see if I manage to publish this how um, that works getting them formed into an episode Um, all all of the buttons on the app work apart from the save button (laughs) So, uh, and I spent an hour on the chat yesterday with them, backwards and forwards. And eventually after an hour, they said, oh, yes, we've had um, our technical team say they've had quite a few notifications of this. So it's a software issue somewhere and they will email me and get in touch. But as yet, I've not heard anything. And so who knows how this is going to go? So you may hear this on Thursday. You may not. I don't know. But I'll blurb anyway. Um so I don't know where I've got to on the on the without I can't just quickly go back and see where I got to. So uh, basically Thursday we uh, I made up the wreath, which was uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I was so pleased with it. And we went off to um, the Ashes Interment, Sue's Ashes Interment, which and it was a beautiful. I mean, it'd been a bit dodgy looking in the morning, but the afternoon, the sun came out. It was just a beautiful October day. Um, and then we all went to the local pub. And it was nice because I, I saw people, I met people who I'd heard the names of, because obviously there's, a, you know, this is a different, this is Sue's family, but we've never met them. Um, I'd met her daughters before. Um, and so I met nieces and nephews of hers, um, her stepsister, uh, the lady and the gentleman that bought their old place in Wales where my dad, that my dad did up. Um, and it was, it was just so lovely um, to, to be in touch with people I'd heard about but never really met. Um, it was a really uh, lovely afternoon. Um, yesterday, uh, oh, and the books, the books, the books are, are done. I've just got one or two minor things to, uh, make John sit down and just, uh, recall from memory what they are and then they are done, but essentially they are done, ready to go off, uh, Monday morning. Um, so that's good. I can then, I can now focus on the next, uh, thing I've got coming up, which is the, um, tabletop sale next Saturday. And I've got to make sure I've got everything for that. I also need to make sure that I can, um, set up a a decent enough looking table to encourage people to buy things, um, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, so in my mind, there's always the next stage, the next thing, the next thing I've got to get done. Um, John's popped off this morning, so he had to go and do an emergency job, and then he's popping to the DIY place to get some bits to make, turn his pool table into, because obviously a pool table, which is where we're going we're gonna to be in the pool room, we're going to use his pool table, but he's got to find something to infill the area of the pool table and then put a, ba- a, a table top on top of that, if you like, and then I'll put a um, tablecloth, an oil cloth on top of that, and that's where we'll be making the wreaths, but we need to protect his table and we need to um, build up the depth of the table so that we've got a flat surface to work on. That's the plan. So far, it's going quite well. Uh, <clears throat> today, because I've done the books now, I'm now going to focus probably a lot on um, getting up together dried flowers. I did a, a lot of the cards, so dried flowers and any, and I will also take that along um, fresh flowers as well. And I also 
what I need to do is write up some, uh, you know, a bit of blurb about who I am and what I do and why I do it. Um, because uh, hopefully quite a lot of the villagers will be there. Um, and so then they will know that I do fresh cut British grown flowers um, and they might come and buy them from me with a bit of luck. A lot of our villages are uh, Londoners that come for the weekend or, or there are some sort of holiday homes. So, you know, there's potential customers there that uh, I need to try and um, sort of, I need a, a sort of a, a frontal that looks uh, appealing um if you see what I mean not that I've ever done anything like this before because I haven't and so I just got to do my best and and hope for the best um had a bit of a letdown with uh so a, another customer I'm learning all the time another customer who uh said she wanted a pumpkin arrangement I said yeah that's fine you need to pay 24 hours in advance sent her the payment link uh, reminded her that she needed to do it yes I'll do it later finally she did it um, sort of like half past 10 the night uh, before it was due to go. The payment failed. So I messaged her in the morning. I said, that's fine. You can pay when you get here. Yes, I'll be here at half past 11. No show. A no show, by which time I'd already done the pumpkin. So it's another lesson learned. And uh, I just won't engage with that customer again. But um, it's really disappointing. It's disappointing that people think uh, that you're of so little consequence that they don't bother to turn up and... Uh, you know, I gave her the opportunity to say, if you don't want it, that's fine. I'll just cancel the payment. But no. Um, so I think it's, it's really ignorant, really. And uh, I and, and, and disappointing. I mean, I, I, I sort of thinking about it, I think equating it to the fact that, you know, if your boss rang up and said, oh, I don't need you today and you're not getting paid. Um, same thing, isn't it? I don't think they'd like that back in return, but they don't look at it like that. There you go. That's me ranting on. So, yeah, hopefully you will get to hear some of this. Um, at the minute, I can only save it to library and I've no idea how I get it back out of there. But I will give it my best shot. Uh, what's the rest of the day? Yeah, just I'm going to pot around for the, um, the dried flowers. It's a bit wet today. It was raining this morning. Rain woke me up. Um, I'm going, I've got to sort of now start getting this, uh, this together for next Saturday. So that's mainly what I'm going to be concentrating on. One other issue I, um, I wanted to quickly talk about this week is uh, that on the um, some of the small holding sites have been chatter about uh, the effects or the after effects if you end up with avian flu on your premises um, and the restrictions that you will face um, because of that and uh, they're quite harsh to be honest. <laughs> um, somebody was saying that they well this initially started off the the talk that they um nobody's talking about the fact that you can't have any other species or grow crops on your land for uh about 10 months that was the initial thing anyway so somebody did a little bit of digging around and found the actual um mandate if you like from the government uh, it doesn't. It's not quite like that, but it is. There are some harsh restrictions. So if you're running a multifaceted farm, for instance, um, when you've got, you know, you've got maybe your farm shop, you've got other livestock, you've got other outlets. Uh, you might, I don't know, you might sell um, stored wood or you know anything like that. Uh, if you end up with um, avian flu on your premises and they have to come in and cull all your flock um, uh, 
Well, first of all, they'll test the flock. And I believe from what I've read, that it can be up to 10 days where movement is restricted. And that is all movement by from what I can gather. So that is you on and off your farm. That is your kids backwards and forwards to school. That is anybody coming to your premises is uh, restricted. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure quite how restricted, whether that's just complete ban um, or what. I don't know. But obviously that also means if you've got animals, that other animals that are going off to um, the slaughterhouse, whatever, you know, the abattoir, um, if you're making deliveries, that's all going to, by the looks of it, stop uh, for at least 10 days while they determine whether it is actually avian flu. And then if it is, um, they will come in and uh, cull all of your birds. They will apparently, from what I can gather, compensate you for any healthy ones. But then you have to have a primary disinfection and a secondary disinfection, which they do, which will cost you a lot by the sounds of it. One of my big concerns about that is what are they then using to disinfect your entire uh, area of land? Um, and they're going to, you know, I know that's, you know, they're trying to control the avian flu, which actually just seems out of control at the minute. Um but they are potentially going to undo um, a lot of good if you are, uh, you know, doing regenerative agriculture, regenerative agriculture, get that out. Uh, or, you know, you're trying to do things naturally, farm naturally or organically. I think that's all going to be undone from what I can, what I'm reading, which is um, just like, uh, just seems to... Uh, well, it's just going to destroy people, I think, you know, and to absolutely destroy um, livelihoods and farms and everything. So, uh, well, fingers crossed it doesn't come our way because um, if it does, um, yeah, you're in dire straits if you, uh, if you, I mean, they put all of these uh, things in places for the intensive um, places, I guess, broiler houses and things like that. But it definitely is going to affect even the smallest of uh, poultry keepers um, by the looks of it. Um, there is a, I did, uh, somebody on one of the did ask a vet who then got hold of the DEFRA information, which um, she put a link up. And uh, But as, as always with the government thing, it's 79 pages long. And, you know, when you've got a busy life, who the heck has got time to read through all of that? Um <laughs> crazy stuff uh but yeah we, I, we were talk, I was talking about it with my neighboring farmer the other day and um saying that this is what i'd heard but then i, I sent her the link to say look this is what I've, this is what somebody's found and this is the actual information but yeah if it's uh of concern to you i would definitely get on um and I'll try, I'll find the link and I will uh, sort of mention it out loud if I can, or I will put the link on the farm page um, for anybody who's interested to uh, read through that. One of the things that um, I was, because I'd read, I, the thing is, is when you hear something, I like to then look into it and see, well, what actually is fact? Because that's the best way. Don't just don't go on what you've heard. And um, I was reading all sorts of information then about how different farmers are tackling it um, when they've got multiple things going on on their farm and they actually kind of ring fence their poultry bit. And I, from what I can gather, one farmer even got a separate uh, holding number for his poultry area so that only that area is going to be affected. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely ludicrous because because that's got a number, that area of land has got a number 
that's the land that's going to be affected and not the rest of it, even though, uh, I know, it's insane, it's insane. But there you go. So um, I just thought that might be of interest to anybody who's uh, running poultry alongside all sorts of other things like we do. Hello, hello, it's Monday morning. Um, I've no idea if I'm going to be able to save this anywhere, but I will record it, save it to the library and see if I can get it back out again along with the others. I'll have to give that a go over the next couple of days and see what happens. Um, it's another mild October morning, um, ridiculously so. It's Halloween today and... Uh, it's the last day of October and it's very mild. I mean, our, I think our heating has come on at some point over the night. But the radiators are cold this morning, so they haven't been on for a long time, you know, a few hours. And we were up early this morning because, obviously, the clock's changed. and um, But your body clock <coughs> remains the same. And so uh, we were up an hour before the alarm goes off. Alarm normally goes off at half past six which, of course, um, our body clock is still thinking that half past five, it's half past six. And so um, we were up and by uh, by the time the alarm went off, I had got some washing on. We'd had our breakfast. I'd done the eggs, put those out, um, various things, because <laughs> I was done the washing up, drying up and putting away, etc., etc. because... Uh, uh, yeah, you don't, your body clock is still on the old time. I don't, you know, that doesn't sort of change uh, very easily, does it? So, and of course, it's lighter in the morning as well. So that kind of wakes you up. So, but that's fine. That's good. I get extra, extra done in the day. I'm not liking, I don't like the earlier dark evenings. I mean, I kind of, I do like the whole fact that we have darker evenings in the, in the autumn and the winter. But um, I really need to find myself things to do because I can't sit there um, all evening reading or watching the telly or, um, you know, just doing nothing from because I, A, it makes my hips hurt if I'm sitting down too long. Um, and also I also get acid reflux because I tend to sit on my, um, I, I'll be on my iPad reading or something and then my chin is down and then I end up with acid reflux. I know it's a pain. Uh, my body is, uh, <coughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, it just needs a good old shake up really. Um, we just, we just had the, uh, the official wedding photos back from uh, Samantha's wedding, which are fantastic. I mean, they're amazing. But I'm looking at the photos and me thinking, yeah, Jordan, you really need to shed a couple of stone there. That's not... Um, and I know I do. I know I do. I'm just uh, struggling to uh, get around to actually putting my mind to it. I did a couple of years back. Um, shed, quite, you know, quite a bit. Uh, then put it all back on again and then run up to Christmas and over Christmas and then... But, uh, yeah, I, I know I'm not doing myself any good, but um, I just can't, uh, yeah, I'm struggling to focus on the things that need focusing on at the minute, as, as well as that. Um, I just, I, John always, oh, we just got different, totally different um, body 
mechanisms, John and I. I mean, he can eat whatever he wants. Um, he's, a, I mean, he's the type of person, even at almost 60 years old, he'll run, you know, go out in the morning, run to the car, run to the van, run back in, run everywhere. Um, and he's high energy, even his, you know, his thought patterns are just rolling quickly all the time. Me, I'm like a sloth. Yeah, I'll do everything slowly. I think things through slowly. Uh, I plod around slowly. Um, but it's just the way I am and just the way he is, like totally different in that respect. Uh, and sometimes I wish I had more high energy, but um, I don't appear to have any stores for that. It, uh, it, I don't have it. And then and consequently, when I am feeling tired and fatigued, and that's is even slower. It's even slower pace, to be fair. Slower than a sloth. Can you imagine that? Um, yeah, so I don't know. Hopefully I'm going to try and get this, uh, this going. I don't really know how it's going to go, but I will, I'll see if I can give it a go today at some point and see how we fare. Okay, so I have managed, amazingly enough, to work out how to do this. It's not that difficult, but it's not as simple as um, it should be. So uh, what happens is, is I press the microphone button, I speak. Uh, well, I actually, what I do is I open an episode first, um, and then I record it um, whenever I've got something to say. And then I press the little tick that says save to episode. Well, uh, in this case, it won't work, so I have to go to shut the recording down it then asked me if I want to save it to the library which that's what I do and then I go in have to go into the library and I have to ask it to save it to episode <laughs> so I have to go sort of I have to go around the ring road if you like rather than straight as the crow flies but that's good that's fine at least I can um do this and just hope that it uh it is gets published you know on the Thursday um, we are getting to the time of the year uh, for us when um, things are, there's not a lot happening. So sometimes I do feel like I'm just waffling on for no reason, really, which is uh, not really what I want to be doing. So potentially, the, uh, you know, I might drop this down to once a fortnight, once a month um, over the Christmas period. Probably nothing because uh, it'd be very busy. Um or, you know, I just, you know, as when, when I've got something to say on a day, I'll just say it and collate it all into, uh, you know, randomly publish it, um, really. Uh, so because uh, well, I've got the, this week I've got the, the workshop coming up. Uh, I've got Luke's birthday, I've got Halloween tonight, which we're going over to my brother for sausages. Um, uh, Luke's birthday tomorrow. I've got Flower Club Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Which I got to pre prepare a uh, f the flowers for the competition, which is this entitled fireworks. I, I half formulated a plan. I would do it in dried flowers, but I'm thinking that just looks like I've plonked a load of flowers into a vase, which I guess is what you do really. But um, and then a Saturday we've got the tabletop sale. Um, and then I will be uh, preparing, you know, every, getting ready for everything for the wreath workshops. I've still got, I've woven um, 10 willow, 11 willow base, 10 willow bases, I think. I've still got another 10 to do. Um, I might try and get some of those done today, but I can only do 
about three at a time because there's quite a lot of resistance in the whips and it does make my hands start to hurt after about three. So I try and do them in, in stages, really. Uh, and then um, almost immediately, um, well, the, the, we've got the wreath week workshop weekend. Then I've got a week and then I'm off on my trip um, at the beginning of December. Well, this, uh, I suppose second week of December first week of December, at the end of the first week of December. So we are going to Lapland, which you may have guessed. Um, uh, I'm going to Lapland with Shelley and Martin and the children. The children have no idea at the minute. Um, Shelley's bought them little, <laughs> it was quite sweet really. We were in, uh, in the shop and I said, oh, these would be great, wouldn't they? And um, so she's got them little elf pyjamas <laughs> and uh, Martin's mum is coming as well. And um, we're going to Lapland for three days, two days, two nights and three days or something like that. But it'd be amazing um, because yeah, it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. John doesn't like flying, as I've said before. And so he would never go. But now we've got grandchildren. Um, oh, it's going to be amazing. So uh, the only thing is that Shelley messaged and said there's an extra trip that they could book. Um, and it was going out on the snowmobiles. Um in the dark, uh, in the middle of the night, to chase, to find the northern lights. However, you have to uh, drive the snowmobile yourself with two people. So that would be Shelley and Martin on one each with one of the children. And me and Martin's mum. Now, neither of us drive, really. So I said, no, I don't think I'm very comfortable with that, you know, uh, driving a snowmobile um, in the dark, in the snow and the ice. (laughs) I know. I don't know. I'd like to think I was brave enough to push myself entirely to do that, but I know I'm not. I know that I will have sleepless nights worrying about that entirely. So um, uh, I think it's just going to look up and see if there was a different a different trip to go on or a different thing to do. But um, yeah, so yeah, that's our that's my excitement, that, uh, and I'm so looking forward to that. It will be. Um, amazing i think my sister is trying to organize a kaylee evening is that how you say it i don't know um for christmas too which again will be amazing um yeah and then it'll just be you know basically prepare for christmas oh i do have to um batch bake or make a whole load of mince pies now normally i don't do this until the beginning of december and luckily this year, I have leftover homemade mincemeat, jars of it, in my pantry. So I'm not running around. I haven't sort of thought, oh, I must make that, uh, which reminds me, I haven't even made the Christmas cake yet. But um, normally I wouldn't make them till December because John will just eat them up so fast. It's like, I just, it'd be a never-ending um, conveyor belt of making uh, mince pies. But I do need to make them for the wreath evenings because that will include a glass of mulled wine and some mince, homemade mince pies. So I do have to do that as well. I, didn't, I need, a, I need a, some sort of assistant, I do. I think I need an assistant. <laughs> there is no chance of that. It's just me running around like a headless chicken, doing all the jobs. Just one other um, thing I wanted to say. I uh, just wanted to give a shout out, actually, to um, somebody who has messaged me. Uh, I think i right in pronouncing it, and I think it's Michelle Fletcher. And I'm sorry if I, I, that's how I've read it, but I'm not sure if that's right. So um, shout out to you and um, thank you for listening to the blog. That is great. Um, I also have um, so, uh, Everlong Farm. So they're going to be starting up a podcast soon. So um, 
uh, once the details are up and about, I will let you know what uh, what the name of the podcast is and um, what platform you can find it on. But it's always nice to hear from people. Um, as I said, I do do this because I, it gives me a, a record then. There is a record eventually of, of our life, um, which is... Uh, you know what, rather than write a book, because I'm too lazy to write a book, um, I can just talk into this and there's a record of our life. And, you know, one day, uh, you know, all of this um, technology may be um, obsolete, but you know what it's like when somebody finds an old, you know, book that has been buried under the floorboards for 700 years and suddenly it comes to light. Well, you never know. I mean, that's, that's my kind of thinking. One day somebody might listen to it a few hundred years in the future, I think, well, that's what life was like then. Um, they might not ever listen to it, of course, but, you know, it's there. And it's also then there for any future generations too. So um, that's that's kind of why I do it, really. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so shout out to those two. Um, and, uh, yeah, as soon as I find out the details for the Everlong Farm podcast, uh, I will be that They are actually more of a working small holding than we are <laughs> they do have lots of animals and uh, uh so probably a bit more interesting really than uh, than what we do here hello it's half past three and of course because the clocks have gone back it means that i am now on feeding duty in the afternoon which i've just done um and collected the eggs we've also had notification today that from monday the birds are to be housed. So I need to get myself into gear for that. Oh, hot when I come back in. Um, I need to get into gear for that. Uh, just got one or two things to do. It will mean that all of the chickens that are, some of the, the chickens that are living in the stable, they will all now go into the outside run with the rest of them at the back. And we'll have the one at the front with the outside run. So there'll just be chickens in two places. Um, the the run at the front will need... Um, it's got quite tiny chicken wire, tiny hole chicken wire on it. So the birds can't actually get in there. But I also need to stop any bird poo getting uh, onto the floor where the chickens are going to walk. So we're probably... Um, I've got plenty of scaffold netting, which I use for um, shade netting uh, in the summer. And we'll probably use that. Um, it would be ideal if we could get something that would keep the rain off entirely. But it's so exposed out there that um, any type of tarpaulin is just likely to rip off. Um, at the very least, it's going to just blow and make a hell of a noise. So, um, so no, we'll probably just... Uh, um, shade net that so that uh, the bird poo falls on top doesn't get in we already feed and water the birds inside um, the run at the back is the sort of like the inch uh, mesh but then I have got plastic uh, fine mesh over the top of that um, to stop any birds flying through those gaps so that's okay oh, I said I had to do the feeding today but John's actually just come home so could have left it to him, but uh, never mind, it's done now. So, yeah, we got that to look forward to. So it'll probably be a mass clear out um, 
and, uh, and just make sure everything is in order. I've got to get some washing up bowls for foot dips and everything. So that's what I'll be doing next. Hello, it's Thursday morning, uh, half past eight. Um, <clears throat> I'm just listening through this. It's a bit fractured, but um, do forgive me for, for the... Um, uh, I, I, I'm trying, <laughs> but it's very difficult. You go back into the library and it's got a different date on it. Uh, oh, just, just a nightmare. Anyway, so um, hopefully, our, hopefully the publish button will work on this. Uh, I have not yet tried that, so I don't know. Um, what else have we been up to? Because uh, it's now Thursday, and so we have. Uh, so my all my washing up bowls have arrived for the foot dips. Um, the we had. I said we had a discussion. We will be culling some of the birds, some of the hens, the older ones, which I don't want to do, but um, I don't have a lot of choice really. Uh, the ducks are going to go into a stable, which I am not happy. Uh, this is months on end. I'm not happy about that entirely, really, but we don't have any choice so they will go into the stable luckily the stables are big um they're not small they're big what they call a loose box so quite big um and the geese will go up into the small back paddock um because there is a sort of an exception for geese kind of as long as you're not watering and feeding them out in the open because obviously geese eat grass they don't do well on um pellets and things so they will go up into the back paddock, which is a smaller, much smaller paddock. Um, there's only three of them now. I've got a hut that's built up there already. Um, <clears throat> and that's where they will uh, while out their winter. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's one of the reasons that I just don't, I just don't want to do this anymore. It, this is year on year now, and it's months on end. It's no, you know, you, it's not free range anymore. It's not free range um, when they're shut away um, for that long. Uh, and I, I kind, I get what, I get it, sort of, but not because it always seems like a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, let's just. I mean, they're they're trying to save the turkeys for Christmas. I get that um, for a big industry. But, um, you know, the, the wild birds have got it. They're taking it everywhere. It's, uh, oh, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't, the two things don't add up at all. And, you know, it seems to be the birds, the captive birds the, you know, that are suffering because of it. And uh, because they don't want the industry to suffer, which... Yeah, I get. If I was a massive, um, you know, industry producing Turkish Christmas, I'd be of the same opinion. But um, I'm not, and so I have a different opinion. Um, yeah, so that's that. So we'll be that this weekend. We'll be uh, sorting all of that out, all of the culling, uh, getting the pens ready, getting the foot dips all sorted. John's got brand new wellies because his wellies had holes in, and that's not going to be much good for a foot dip. So he's got brand new wellies. Um, my wellies are fine. So. That's what we'll be doing this weekend, getting all of that sorted. <clears throat> we have um, this week, we just literally last night, we've sold the tractor. Um, <laughs> we, my tractor, my beautiful tractor. Um, 
so when, when we came here, what, what I wanted more than anything all, of all was a tractor. And uh, eventually, I mean, we had to wait probably five years or something like that. And eventually I got this tractor and uh, I used to love sitting on the tractor and dragging the fields in the spring. And, you know, and the tractor was mainly to use the front loader bucket to turn the muck heaps because, of course, we had about five, six horses here. And uh, they produce a lot of muck, and the the muck heap was huge. I mean, if you looked at it scale wise in our place, it you know the muck heap was as big as Ayers Rock. It was huge, um, and so we needed a tractor to keep turning the muck heap and keeping it in some sort of order. We don't have that anymore, and so the tractor really I don't think I can't even remember the last time it came out of the bay um it sat there for a year now not more not doing anything so um so we decided to sell it um and then yesterday somebody came last night somebody came to have a look at it and they paid a a sort of um a big deposit and so hopefully in the next couple of days they will come and they will uh, take that away, pay us the rest of the money, which is great. Um, I said to John, what I'd quite like to do then is reinvest that money into my workshop, of course, because it was my tractor after all, wasn't it? So it's only fair that the money goes into something else I want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've got, I've got my eye on that lump of money to, uh, to um, transform one of the stables into um, a workshop for the flowers uh, which I'm trying desperately to up up the sales on that up the awareness and everything else so um what else well it's been yeah it's been Halloween um Luke's birthday flower club I went to flower club yesterday took my offering for the uh, competition of fireworks I had some gorgeous um chrysanthemums but uh, I didn't come anywhere that's fine I, I did feel like I just plonked them in a vase so I wasn't really expecting to win anything um yeah so that's kind of uh bang up to date really um as I said we've got I've got this tabletop sale on uh Saturday so I've got I've been spending a couple of days um sorting out all of the dried flower stuff I've been through all of my dried flower things and I've got rid of everything that looks uh dead rather than dried um so I've got a big space in my kitchen now where the dried flowers used to be and I've sorted all the others out into various sizes and forms and they're in buckets in the office I can't move in the office at the minute because all of the everything's in there just waiting to go to this sale I hope I sell some of it shift some of it out of the way I don't know what I'm going to do with it all if I don't um and uh yeah so getting ready for that I'm just about to go outside I've got to put my wellies on because the ground's a bit wet and uh see if I can cut a fair few um, fresh flowers because I'm also going to take up some bunches of fresh flowers because, of course, uh, that's what I want to raise awareness of, really. I mean, the other bits I do, I do because I've got the flowers and, um, you know, when I've got the time, I do them. So, um, but I really want to raise the awareness of the fact that, you know, in your village, there is someone who sells um, fresh flowers. <laughs> um, it was interesting, actually, because I went to the flower club last night and the ladies there were saying about, you know, the, the decline of um, the, the high street florists. Um, and uh, there aren't many people who do florist, you know, flowers anymore. So you have to go to the supermarket and buy them, which is terrible, really, isn't it? Um, but... Um, 
so there is a market here for people who don't want to go to the supermarket and buy their flowers but they also um, are of a generation where they're still quite happy to buy imported flowers um, from a florist so uh, there's a little bit of gentle um, coaxing and persuading that uh, and, and educating that needs to go on there um, I was quite surprised really that I think in our group it is um, the whole environmental issue is led by one particular person and she wasn't there last night and it was interesting the difference between uh, when she is there and we talk about environmental issues and when she's not there and people are uh, some people are ready, uh, very eager just to ride over that and uh, ignore it and carry on regardless, as they always did, with the regards uh, floral foam. So that's quite interesting, actually. It's something I'll be pondering about for the next couple of days, I think, um, to see how I uh, can sort of uh, gently tackle that somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you can hear this when I, I hope I manage to publish it. Um, I will know if it has been published successfully, so that's fine. Um, I do feel a lot better this week. So thank you for those people who, um, you know, said uh, that got in touch about me feeling under the weather. I know a lot of people that have had some sort of virus. They keep testing for COVID. It's not COVID, but they feel very generally unwell and not anything kind of specific but just a general uh feeling of unwell all kinds of things coughs sore throats headaches joint aches that kind of thing um but it's not covid so um and it's lingering it seems to be lingering for a couple of weeks and the other day I thought oh great it's gone my head that thick head I had is gone it's gone and then the day after it came back and I'm like oh it's back again but today it's gone so um and I you know I'm feeling um a lot more with it because uh, you know sometimes you can't focus at all you can't you know I I've got to that age now where I you know I'm I'm nearly I'll be pushing 60 in a couple of years um I have lupus and if I get an illness on top of that, the brain fog is dense. I tell you, it's dense. Um, <laughs> and I can't focus at all. I cannot even pick a starting point, to be honest. Uh, so I, I need to work on that as well. And just think, right, you can do it. You, you just need to get through the fog and do it. Um, maybe it's, I'll make that a New Year's resolution. I don't do New Year's resolutions as a general rule because they always end up getting broken. But... Um, I'll make it an aim, a new year aim. So, yep, thanks for listening and I will catch up with you again next week. Have a good one.